Welcome to Purpose 360. I'm Carol Cohn. And today, more than ever before, companies, brands, and their partners need to stand for something beyond the bottom line. I've created this program to provide insights and ideas to share with you so that you can apply them to your work the very next day. The goal here is to up-level your purpose and to benefit companies and society. So please join us. In today's segment, we are returning to a conversation with Sally McCready, President and Chair of the PNC Foundation and Director of PNC Community Affairs. PNC is one of the largest banks in the country, and we had the wonderful opportunity to work with them um, over 15 years to help them shape their signature program, PNC Grow Up Great the nation's foremost early childhood education initiative and help them architect their work so that when COVID hit, they could rapidly pivot to supporting their employees, their communities, their customers, and perhaps the littlest members of the community that were really affected by not being able to go to their pre-K classes children ages three and four. We'll learn from PNC two really important things. One of their core cultural tenets of operations is relationships. They truly are a bank based on relationships, the relationships they have with their customers, but also the ones that they have deeply with their social issues. They also take a holistic approach to their work in the community and holistic by engaging employees, by engaging dollars, via engaging volunteerism that really has an impact, measuring, advocacy, using all of the tools to come together to support a social issue in a highly authentic way. So how did PNC respond quickly and authentically during the pandemic? Join us for our second conversation with Sally McCraney. So welcome, Sally. Thanks, Carol. I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you for inviting me. And we're having Sally back. We had a fabulous conversation with Sally about um, PNC and its deep engagement in the community through PNC Grow Up Great. But today we're going to focus on COVID and how the company pivoted during that time and what they're continuing to do today. So why don't we just get into it? So, you know, when we started chatting today, Sally said, whoa, you know, 2020, it's been such an amazing year in terms of having to respond to the challenges. So let's just start out with how did you adapt in 2020 and what have been the most significant impacts um, of your support of your constituencies, your stakeholders during COVID-19? 
Sure. So I guess the only thing that's been constant in 2020 is change. And we've certainly felt that at PNC. I think um, the most important thing to talk about is whether it's our employees, our customers, our community members, um, we've all been impacted, um, some of us in the most profound ways possible this year. We're living in a global health pandemic with significant impact on our lives and our livelihoods, uh, as well as the vitality of our communities. Human lives have been lost, and um, most importantly, our thoughts are with those who have lost loved ones. But looking back on this year, Carol, as you said, I think most of us found ourselves in some sort of position that required us to pivot or transition. And that certainly was true for us at PNC. Talking um, from a business perspective first, uh, we had temporary branch closures. Um, Luckily, like me, employees who can are able to work at home. Uh, We've really uh, been very flexible um, and talking to our employees about our flexible work arrangements and implementing those where possible to accommodate not only child but elder care needs. And we've developed processes and procedures that allowed us to reopen our branches and other facilities where employees do need to be there um, in person. It's interesting. Um, We have heard about a lot of companies responding to elder care needs. And so, I mean, obviously, you know, child care is, is, you know, front and center. Um, How did that come about? You know, it's funny, Carol, that's always been part of um, work-life balance at PNC. We've always taken a very uh, holistic approach. We know that, uh, you know, people's families look different and we might have children to care for. We might have parents to care for. And so I've always been so impressed by how broad PNC looks at work-life balance issues to be able to support um, all of us with whatever needs we might have. Our listeners have sent us in some questions recently, which is how quickly did your leadership come together um, in, you know, last February, March, when we started having the lockdown and, you know, supported... really responded quickly to employee needs first. So how did that work? To me, it seemed as if it were, it was immediate. Um, As soon as it became clear that it was unsafe for us to be, uh, you know, working together in person, all of these uh, accommodations, um, changes were put into place. I honestly, I kept thinking through all of this, I can't imagine the hours our executive committee was working because it did seem like this was um, instantaneous and making all of the best decisions. And I think the words uh, of our CEO, Bill Demchek, that have, have stuck with me, and I know many of us all year, is that you know in these times, you really have to look at the information you have in front of you and make the best decision you can at that time. And you can't start to think about what's going to change. You really um, need to be able to think about it that way. And I think it's it clear to me that that's exactly what our executive team did in this situation. And your culture had to come into play. You know, you talked about elder care being considered and, and child care and such. 
But your culture is very profound at PNC. Um, I know we work together and on Grow Up Great, 40 hours of paid time off focusing on that. But I know you do even more than that. So how did the culture become a lens for expedited decision making for your senior leadership? You're exactly right that the culture of PNC has allowed us as a company to perform as well as we have this year. Uh, It is a very, Carol, as you know, uh, from all of our work together, it is a very uh, relationship-driven bank. Um, You know, and I think that's what has allowed us to work so well in this environment, especially those of us who are working from home. Um, You know, we have these strong relationships. We have a culture of inclusion And that really is what has allowed us um, to work remotely so well because we already know each other so well. Our teams work collaboratively and cross-functionally. And that culture, I think, has served us incredibly well in this situation. And as a bank, you handled PPP funding, especially for small businesses. Um, did you do anything different about it to make sure that you, again, with speed, you helped expedite those loans? Because many of the small businesses, it was a little challenging, uh, for them to go through the process. Yeah, I think challenging is, is a word that, uh, you could use, um, uh, certainly I think one of, you know, the highlights and, and looking at how PNC has responded to this crisis has been, Um, our ability to work with the federal government on the PPP program. Our employees work tirelessly and often through the night to process these loan requests in accordance with the Small Business Administration's requirements. Um, Ultimately, we were able to fund $13.7 billion of PPP loans during the second quarter of 2020. And I think one of the most impressive things that is that of the more than 73,000 PNC PPP loans processed uh, and registered with the Small Business Administration, 85% were from PNC's business banking segment, which serves businesses including nonprofits, sole proprietors, and independent contractors with less than $5 million in annual revenue. Oh, that's a, trem- that's a tremendous impact. And it shows that the bank, I mean, what I love about PNC is that, yeah, sure, you have big, large relationships, but then you start looking at these small, small loans and how they were critical to keep people afloat. Um, So congratulations. You also made a $30 million donation to support relief efforts. And that's a significant number. Um, Was that, were you involved in that? A little bit, yes. We were involved in that. Um, so in addition, so we did absolutely uh, make in April, I believe it was, we made a commitment that we would provide $30 million in charitable support across our markets um, to support our communities that had been so hard hit with COVID. Um, the other piece that, you know, kind of tying into the PPP piece, uh, we also further supported small businesses that may have lacked access to traditional financial institutions by committing more than $50 million to eight community development financial institutions throughout the country um, to support their origination of 
PPP loans um, potentially to uh, businesses and underserved geographies and sectors. So it's really um, the combination of those dollars as well as the $30 million in charitable support that I think has made a, a tremendous impact. And I wasn't aware that you were you were helping others to expedite payments, which is really, again, culturally, it's smart business wise. It's relational. Um, Was that something that was new for you to help these other eight financial institutions? You know, this uh, commitment was made through our community development line of business, and they have a long history of working with CDFIs as part of our community development banking activities. But I do think this was, you know, a, a big commitment for them. But certainly, you know, they saw the need and um, were thrilled to be able to do this to to further support small businesses. Now, how did Grow Up Great fare? Because Grow Up Great obviously serves underserved children, pre-K. Obviously, these pre-Ks were really struggling. Um, Do they open? Do they close? How are they financed? So that got to the heart of the continuation of Grow Up Great. It did. It was, um, you know, Grow Up Great is as you know, uh, certainly near to your heart and very near to our heart at PNC. So some of the changes that we had to make um, temporarily to the program have been really, really challenging. Um, you know, one of the things that we were deep, deep into planning was our great month activities, which always happen in April. And this year we were uh, excited to be celebrating the 16th anniversary of Grow Up Great. Um, so much of what we had planned was volunteer events and events for PNC employees um, to get together and celebrate the accomplishments of the program. So really difficult um, to kind of have to unwind all of that in mid-March after we had spent so long uh, planning for what we thought was going to be a tremendous uh, celebration and continuation of building awareness of the importance of early childhood education. We uh, had to pause uh, volunteerism which uh, happily in September, we brought back up focusing on virtual volunteer opportunities, a virtual supply drive for so many of our partners that need it. Uh, We also had to suspend our mobile learning tours, which uh, also broke our hearts because um, that's such a great way to get uh, learning opportunities right in the communities and and serving um, centers and communities that need it most. The, the grant work, um, I think, has been particularly important this year, you know, not unlike all of the COVID support that we provided. We worked with our partners to be as flexible as we possibly could in not only um, new funding that we put, put out the door, but existing grant dollars to allow organizations to take and repurpose those dollars for operating expenses. Um, you know, centers needed PP, uh, PPE. Uh, we had some centers that needed to uh, enhance their air filtration systems to be able to open back up. So we really worked closely with our partners and you know, we do a lot of programmatic support through Grow Up Great. We've done very little you know, direct operating support, but we really saw a shift in that this year and we knew that was important to do to best support our partners. So was it difficult to make that shift or did you just 
you know, instinctively know we have to help them with operations now? I don't think it was difficult because we have such close relationships with our partners. And Carol, is, as you've taught us over the years, deep, um, close partnerships are the ones that are the most beneficial. So we have those very open lines of communication. And, you know, we've we are tried and true statement. We are bankers, not early education experts. So we listen to our partners when they tell us this is what we need. This is what we need to serve children and families. And so we were, you know, did everything we could to um, make those shifts. Yeah, And I want to underscore for our listeners that being relational is a core value. It's just the way you operate. And from the earliest days, start when P- when PNC Group Rates started, you always created deep, authentic relationships that helped you withstand the tests of en- the tests of any time. And I think that's such a key learning because so many companies are still transactional in terms of their their social impact work, and you are transformational and relational. So. Kudos to you because it serves you so well. Did you learn anything special about virtual volunteerism? Yeah, we we did. Um, I think one of the things uh, we were really excited about was uh, the virtual supply drive that we did. As you know, we've um, done supply drives through uh for the last 16 years, asking our partners what they most need. We've collected books, we've collected toothbrushes, toothpaste, school supplies, you name it. We've collected it over um, 1.4 million items that we've then donated back to our early education partners. And I think one of the cool things about this virtual supply drive was that we were able to reach employees that uh, perhaps don't sit in our markets and have always wanted to donate um, And so we were, I think what we learned is that while we hope some days we can go back to, you know, people dropping books and bins and things like that, um, I think we'll always run a virtual drive along with uh, a physical drive because we can reach all of our employees that want to participate. So that was a cool learning and something that will continue going forward. In, In terms of any advice to your colleagues out there, I mean, you know, your program your work. And it's not just PNC Grow Up Great. It's the company has expanded um, its CSR commitments. And so I would love to ask you, one, just to update, how is Grow Up Great integrated into the company's overarching CSR commitments? And then let's talk about were there any sort of special tweaks to it during the pandemic? Sure. So Grow Up Great, as you said, is really uh it's really incorporated into our company's brand DNA and has over time. Um, it's much more than a grant program. As you mentioned, we have the 40 hours of paid time off volunteerism policy. Uh, we have, uh, we are working very closely with our government affairs team and our local regional presidents to continue to advocate Uh, the importance of early childhood education and the importance of increased investments in it. And then we have huge awareness campaigns uh, that help deliver great resources to parents and caregivers to help prepare children 
for kindergarten, as well as to continue that message of um, the most, you know, five year, the first five years are, are, are really important times that will help set your child up for success in school and life. So it's, it's really integrated. It is integrated um, into our overall approach in terms of how we serve our communities. And I think when you think about things that we've learned, you know, as you think about 2021 and as we transitioned into 2021, I, I would continue to say I don't think that there's a more important time to listen to your nonprofit partners. Everything is in flux for all of us. They know what they need to serve the people most in need, and it's important to listen to them um, and be able to give them the resources that they need. And I think we re need to remain patient and nimble. And as we were chatting at the beginning, Carol, you know, there's certainly a light at the end of the tunnel, but um, we all need to work together to be able to get there safely. So are there any other insights? I mean, patient, be nimble, listen, be relational. Um, perfect insights. Do you have any other insights that you are um, leading your team on? Because obviously you've got a plan for 2021 and nobody knows really what 2021, but so how are you leading your team and what does a plan for 2021 look like versus a 2020 pre-pandemic plan? It looks uh, really flexible in that. Okay, great. That's great. <laughs> we know, you know, we, we know what resources we have, but I think we're trying to think about you know, how they get deployed throughout the year. But I just think we don't know necessarily what that's going to look like. And I think you know when we looked at our COVID support this year, uh, the $30 million, we worked very closely with our regional presidents across the local markets. Um, but we also, you know, the additional dollars that they had, uh, we released in a couple of tranches because we knew there were going to be immediate needs that we wanted to address early in the pandemic, but that things might look a little bit different come the early fall. And so there was still, there was another set of resources for the fall for our regional presidents to use in their communities. And we started to see them using those dollars for things like to address the digital divide as, as students went back to school, but back to school virtually. And we understood better the huge divide that is out there and the need um, to help uh, underserved students with connected devices. I think it's the same way and same thing we have to look at in 2021, that things might look really different come the fall than they do at the beginning of the year. And we need to have resources that we can deploy at, at different points for different needs. I'm curious about, you know, there's been a conversation about our kids in school who are not in school. How much will they go backwards? And just curious if your partners in um, pre-K have talked about, you know, has there been slippage? Will this be a, a lost generation? Um, and are you thinking at all of ways that you can work with your partners to try and when kids go back in school, um, you know, how they can make up for that lost time? Yeah, absolutely. As you know, we have an amazing advisory council for Grow Up Great 
that um, has really been one of the keys to success for the program as they advise us uh, on issues just like that. So we've worked very closely with Steve Barnett, who's an economist at Rutgers and runs the National Institute for Early Education Research and actually funded um, some research he's done specifically around uh, how this has impacted learning for um, our youngest students. Okay. And it, it's really, um, you know, the findings are eye-opening. And the reason we wanted to fund this work with Steve is because it really, uh, he felt very strongly and we agreed that policymakers need this data to be able to make decisions about how to deploy resources. So that's been great. Uh, certainly our partners at both Sesame Workshop and the Fred Rogers Productions have been uh, looking at resources and getting them out there to help parents um, that to, to really supplement their children's learning. And then finally, as you can imagine, uh, we work very closely with Yasmina Vinci at the National Head Start Association, and, and she has been all over this and the impacts that it will have on kids and really advocating for investments that are, are going to help um, help kids move forward after this. I'm just curious, uh, as we we draw to a close, because PNC Grew Up Great has been the foundation of your heart and soul at PNC, yes, you do other things, but it's just so well created and executed, all the different levels you talked about. Did that help the rest of the company in some way in terms of decision-making, not just for employees, but for maybe working with the CDFIs or other partnerships that maybe came along during COVID that, you know, you had the learning from Grow Up Great. And so it was, yes, we need to partner with this group in our communities, because if we have strong communities, we're a stronger bank. So, you know, that's always been at the heart of of all of our our work um, in the community, that exact thought. And I do think that Grow Up Great has helped to influence um, your overarching strategy as we uh, reach our communities. Because I think what Grow Up Great taught us is the importance of not just writing a check, but having a holistic program that, again, includes the volunteerism, the advocacy, the awareness that we can have a bigger impact when we leverage all of the resources that we have at PNC. Financial resources are important, but we have 52,000 amazingly talented employees. Um, There are so many resources we can bring to bear. And we've really been thinking about the Grow Up Great model as we think about uh, the billion-dollar commitment that's been made to to racial and social justice, thinking about the learnings from Grow Up Great that... um, that speak to leveraging all of the the power we have within PNC to address the social issue. And we're, we're looking at, at using that a similar model um, for that work. PNC Grow Up Great was created with this holistic approach, totally led by PNC. Um, we were just a guide from the very beginning. So again, the need to create a really firm foundation that's authentic and embedded, it, it's just it's, you know, it served the test of time. So in closing, do you have anything else you'd like to add that we haven't covered? I want to know that last comment just takes me down uh, memory lane. And Carol, you were, in fact, an amazing guide, but you really helped us understand that and that 
we have so many resources at PNC and it, it would be amazing if we could put them, um, bring them all to bear and make real change in a social issue. So we, you know, that is advice that we've used uh, for the last 16 years and plan to keep using. Well, thank you. I, I think that you've done, I can't wait to see what you do with the billion dollars um, in, in terms of, you know, underserved communities and such and see what you do with that, because that's going to be, um, I'm sure it's going to be as extraordinary as the work you've done to date. So Sally, I want to thank you for giving us the update. Um, I want to thank you for being true to the authenticity of all the work you've done um, over over. You've been at the bank longer than 16 years. How many years have you been at the bank now? 23. And you're only like 24. So, you know, that's like, yeah, that is about child labor. (laughs) But anyway, I just have to say to our listeners that when we started working together, Sally had one child and then she had and that child has grown up. He's 17 now. And all of the um, learnings and grow grades, I think, Sally, did it make him a better boy, man? Uh, it made me a better parent. And okay, uh, there you go. He's pretty. They're both proud of very proud of both of them. But I, Carol, I always think back. I first met you. I had just come back to PNC after coming back from maternity leave. I just it's hard to believe the first time I met you. He was three months old and now he's 17. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to tell our listeners that Sally is not aged today, but she's gotten so much wiser. So learning how to have wisdom but not physical aging, that, that's something we're gonna have to bottle. We'll sell we'll we'll create a small business out of that. Oh, that'd be terrific. If only it were true. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much. It's great to have you back. And thanks for all the great learnings. And I know our listeners will really appreciate it. Thanks, Carol. It's been terrific to talk with you. It's great, Sally. And I just have to end this with our listeners to ask the question, what is your purpose?